Live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and certified professional photographer and official photographer of the Phoenix Open, Everardo Kimi, share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready? Set. Listen. Wow, did you hear that? We have a new co-host. Woohoo! Everardo. Hey, you've been practicing my name. All night, all night. Practice all night. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm very, very grateful. Um, You did one show, and I've had so many co-hosts, guest co-hosts coming in. So it's been um, kind of fun to meet all these people, but I know we've been talking about some travel coming up so although we are co-hosts we may have some other guest co-hosts coming up next absolutely. week absolutely yeah we're it's funny how we announce the new thing and like okay we're gone yeah Bye. so you're heading to hawaii right yes unfortunately Not, yeah. unfortunately yeah. I, if i gotta go Bummer. i gotta go yeah so bad and then um i'm headed to san diego and then la that's like mini hawaii it is like mini. Not it's LA. Not even, not even mini Hawaii. Although I love, pretty cool, I love stopping for Korean tacos in LA. Mm, I've never tried that. Yeah. So I take a motorcycle trip twice a year with a bunch of buddies and we uh, go down to Venice Beach, rent a house. We all hang out, ride bikes, eat, get fat. And then um, <laughs> the other guys actually trailer their bikes there and back. Me and uh, one of the girls are, the, I guess, the tough ones and, and uh, we ride it there and back. It's about five and a half hours from yeah. Phoenix to LA on the bike. But it's um it's fun. It's kind of relaxing. You get your downtime to to do that, and then all the downtime to think about: Did I really need to eat those six extra tacos? Yes. That's yes, usually the answer. Is yes. Yeah. yeah. Followed by some wine. Oh, always do you, wine. Do the wine even with tacos? Oh yeah. Why not? Really? Yeah. It's all about pairing the right things. You can pair it. What do you pair with that taco? Well, it depends. Like, is it spicy tacos? Are we yeah. doing fish tacos? Are we spicy doing Korean one. tacos? I like the spicy ones. But so, you if you do like that? a spicy fish taco or something like that flavor, then you do like a riesling. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it's nice kind of a it's riesling. kind of a fun thing. I like that. I'm big up on champagne. You know, I just created the champagne room at my house. Yeah. So I'm all excited about that. I'll have to post a picture of my new uh, picture and what it looks like. It's actually one of my favorite rooms right now. Everybody has to come see the popping room. Although it's funny when you say that. Like, I have the champagne room in my house. <laughs> and then I don't drink much, which is hilarious. Is there an admission fee? Do yes. I see Do I see Buddy the Bouncer to get back there? Yes, yes. I will add those two things right away. So I've heard. I, d- I don't know anything about Buddy. <laughs> I don't know him yet, but I'm sure I can find one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next week, actually, we are, we're actually having our newest sponsor as of today. Uh, Julie Jones has just joined as a sponsor. So it's going to be the Adventures of Julie Jones coming through. And she's um, huge on health. Um, happiness, passion, just loving life. She's, uh, I, I mentioned it on the show. I've known her for a few years and I've never, ever, ever seen her in a bad mood, ever. I, I think like she has like bad moods that are just, she just deals with it. It's awesome. I like people like that. Yeah. I don't know too many people like that, but Julie's definitely one of them. So she'll be here on the show. And uh, we may have another co-host sponsor 
Um, still waiting to hear back, but um, yeah, so it's going to be an exciting show next week around health and relaxing. And because we had talked about calling in, but then we both said, like, come on, like feet yeah. in the sand. How realistic is that? No, poor Ed would probably just not even want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely have fun with it, though. You would? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, we could do the green screen and add you into wherever we are. (laughs) That would actually be pretty sweet. I went went to Hawaii last year, and I'm going to San Diego at the end of the month. Or at the end of July. So I – but the problem was is when I went to Hawaii, uh, I took my entire family. And that's a problem? Yeah. Because I two teenagers and a toddler. Oh yeah. So there's the, the problem. So I'm a glutton for punishment. So I'm going to take them all to San Diego. But you take the teenagers <laughs> to like one of the shrimp trucks or something like that. You load them up on shrimp and rice. Well, in San Diego, I don't mind if they you know want to wander and stuff like that, and the toddler can stay with us. So. That's but the fine. good thing about you know. If you leave them, just let get loose in Hawaii. Yeah. They can only go so far. I mean, it's an island. <laughs> That's true. Right. That's true. We did have fun though. It was a good time. It was a good. I had never been there before. So. so, what was the experience like with the toddler? Um, on the island, it was great. She had a blast. Uh, the plane trip that was the okay. hard part because uh, she was not even three and a half yet. So she was just just to turn three when we did it. Now she's four and a half. I think it would be easier. Uh, I was hoping uh, on the way there, it wasn't so bad because she slept for about four hours of it. Okay. That's on the way back. Not so lucky. So it's interesting. Like in a, in a past life, I did a lot of corporate travel. I was Mm -hmm. gone three to four weeks out of the month, did that for about 15 years. And you know, you, you start to recognize other travelers Mm -hmm. if you're going back and forth the same places and you'd always get the eye roll of the guy or the girl. It's just like, Oh my gosh, there's a kid on the plane. You're like, you know, as painful it is for you. Be the parent. Yeah. Right? Just yeah. imagine what they have to go through and all the rigmarole to get uh. through and get a kid through security. And, you know, if they don't want to do it at the right time and they want to play around with the metal detectors or mm-hmm. go through the x-ray machine or something, yeah. which is actually, I don't know if it's allowed, but that would be kind of fun just to, you know, see how the kid is doing. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Uh, I, I did feel bad. I was apologizing to the people around me on the way back because she was very fussy. Uh, it wasn't screaming or yelling, but, you know, she didn't want to sit still. She was kicking and right. stuff like that. But uh, I had my well, my iPad and put on, you know, movies for her, so that kind of calmed her down. But not much different than adults on a plane, right? Like, they get fussy. <laughs> like, I, I don't really get hangry, but I get hangry on a plane yeah. for whatever reason. Like, something about a plane does it to me. And so I, I always have to travel with snacks. I love it. Oh. But I have to travel with snacks because yeah. I yeah. get hangry. Mm-hmm. Or champagne. If they have it, yeah. I've, well, I've been upgraded a couple times, so then that works out. Yeah. I was coming back from Chicago uh, in December of 15, and I get on the plane, and I got upgraded to first class, and I just said, all right, rum and coke, keep them coming. Yeah. And by the time I landed back home again and my wife came to pick me up, I was gone. Because <laughs> wow. I'm a lightweight as it is, but I was gone. Nice. You didn't know where you were. I was just like, oh, it's not cold. I don't care. Right. <laughs> it's not cold. I'm good. My belly is warm. <laughs> Believe it or not, I flew to Chicago to uh, spend some time with my best friend. I've uh, been best friends for you know 30 years, and we went to see the new Star Wars movie when it came out, uh, oh, nice. The Force Awakens. That was our, because we're big geeks. 
So I flew out there just for that. That's pretty sweet, though. <laughs> yeah. That's a good exp- – and that's a good friend, right? That's yeah. a lifelong friend that you can like, hey, if I can travel to go do something with you, that's pretty sweet. Well, you know, I, I, I have to say it, it sounds a lot more than what it is. My wife works for American Airlines, so I fly free. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as yeah. you're not wearing leggings. True. Right. True. That's exactly right. Did you hear about that? No, like, I didn't oh, hear about the yeah. leggings. So some little Update. girls got kicked off of a um, Delta. Was it Delta or United? I think it was United. Oh, you know, it was United because yeah. it was right at the same time they had the other debacle. Yes. And so it's strict rules that when you're on the buddy pass that you're supposed to adhere to like a dress code because yeah. you're mm-hmm. representing at that point you're flying for free and you're representing the employee but also the airline at that point. And so it's just a rule of just saying, hey, we just want you in like business casual clothes. So it wasn't over the top but the media it went viral and it went to this firestorm of oh my gosh you know they want the kids to dress like little amish girls that's not the rule <laughs> it's it not yes yeah. i love it um when it, when it was uh when american was still because it was america west and they merged with u.s airways now it, they merged with american so who was it before america west it was america west that was it psa well, yeah, that's true. They did merge with them, didn't yeah. they? But America West started as its own airline and then merged with PSA. Right. So they had the smiley face on the plane. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it was America West, they had a strict dress code. And that's when my wife started working for them. And I had to wear khakis and a, you know, a, a collared shirt. And I didn't mind. I was flying free. I don't care. But now I can go on a sweatshirt and jeans. They don't, they don't care. I actually just <laughs> saw that probably like two months ago, flying out of Phoenix. And I don't know if they just pulled these out of retirement or if they were repainted to, to honor the, the old legacy or something. Oh, heritage planes. But I saw a PSA plane and yeah. I saw an America West plane. Yeah, they have heritage planes. Okay. Which is really cool. I have a couple of models uh, that they – well, I have one model a- at home where it's the U.S. Airways Arizona plane. But if you go to their what used to be their corporate headquarters over in Tempe, you could buy little models of all their heritage planes. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. So is it heritage on the inside too? No, no, it's just the outside. (laughs) Imagine that, right? Like you get back onto the plane and it's like straight out of 1970. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People are smoking on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I always cracked up about the TV show Mad Men, being able to look at that and all the flashback because they were so adamant about keeping everything legit to the 60s. Oh, yeah. To the point where um, they couldn't find the old style flip top beer cans. Mm-hmm. So what they had Don Draper and the rest of the cast do is they would get like pineapple cans, tomato juice cans, because yeah. that's the old style mm-hmm. top. And so it sucked because they said, you know, the first time they're filming it and like he's supposed to be grabbing a beer out of the fridge, but he's grabbing tomato juice. And it's not it's not that same look on your face. Right. So they had to do a couple of takes to remind him, like, remember, you're grabbing a beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> I Do you remember still? Do you remember when they were smoking on the plane? Slightly. I slightly remember it. Yeah. I, I remember it vividly because I've, I started flying when I was very young. And my grandmother was an avid smoker. <laughs> and I remember when I f- the first time I ever flew was 1976. And I, would, I flew like every year after that for many years. And I remember when the whole plane was smoking and then they just had – you had to go to the back of the plane to smoke. You, you pick smoking or non-smoking. Right. And I remember when they finally they cut out smoking on a plane, and my grandmother had a hissy fit. How am I supposed to fly for four hours without a cigarette? But they still have all the ashtrays on the plane. Well, and I remember, like, <laughs> at my grandmother's restaurant, same thing. Like, it used to be just, it was the same thing. Like, the whole entire restaurant was a smoking section. And then finally it came down to, okay, now we're going to separate the restaurant, and there's yeah. going to be smoking, not smoking. And then in Mesa, when it went really strict there, they had to completely, like, seal off 
part of the interior building, separate ventilation, because that was the requirement there is if you are going to still have a smoking lounge or area, it's got to be completely like airproof to itself. And then I guess at some point they just said, okay, not even that's going to count anymore. Like we're just completely non-smoking all the way around. Wow. Interesting. So, Start interesting. learning about the health mm-hmm. of yeah. others. Yeah. Yeah. Secondhand smoke. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're trying to say, is there, is there such a thing as thirdhand smoke? What is that? I don't know. I just saw that as a headline <laughs> on like CNN news. And like, I don't really read the news a whole lot. But when I see headlines <laughs> like that, I'm like, come on. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. That's just ratings right there. Yeah. That's yeah. a perfect point. Or it's a click and, maybe it's a click and bait thing. Maybe that's yeah. what I was supposed to do. That was kind of interesting, though. We're going to have to look that up. So while in Hawaii, are you doing some photography at all? Or of course. I fun? always travel with cameras, plural. Um, I love photography. And that's the thing is I love taking photos for myself. Um, I don't consider myself a landscape photographer, but so my friends kind of joke that actually are landscape photographers. Like they'll sit there and map out like, okay, on this day of the year, the sun is going to be at the perfect rotation and the perfect longitude and latitude to get the sun in the middle of the arches of Utah. Right. And so they're, they're mapping it all out. They're thinking it out They're, You know, when is the sun and sunrise going to be perfect over yosemite falls and things like that mm-hmm. my landscape photography is hey hey, pull over real quick <laughs> <laughs> or just roll down the window yeah. i'll get it i mine is uh, basically wow i actually got a good shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh or you take a video and you try to you know capture that one second of it well so we were doing that where i was with um some friends and some old co-workers and we were going through Jackson Hole, Wyoming and mm. you're going through the parks and it's so beautiful. Along Gorgeous the country River. up there. Yeah. And there's this one bridge where you're going over the reservoir and you've got this perfect reflection of the Tetons mm-hmm. and there's snow caps on them still. Cause this was around May timeframe and, but you can't stop on the bridge and there's not even a pedestrian walkway to do it. So I just tell the passengers or the driver, I'm like, dude, just slow it down as much as you can before you get honked at. I'll roll down the window and I'll just snap a few photos. We did it. He didn't believe me. He's like, really? Are you going to get any decent shots? Went back to the hotel that night, developed a couple photos, sent it to me. He's like, I cannot believe you got that out of the back of the car. I'm like, dude, I'm a sports photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to getting things on the run. Yeah. It's just the opposite now. Now I'm on the run and the, uh, the object is stationary now. Right. So. What, what started you in sports photography? Purely by accident. Really? Yeah. So I went on vacation to Greece and I had a cheap little point and shoot camera and it broke. So here I am in like the center of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Type of thing and all this history and I don't have any pictures from it. So the next year I was going to Italy and I'm like, all right, I need at least a decent little camera. Um, Bought a cheap little one. From there, the bug kind of bit me. But even then I had a great job. So I didn't want another hobby or another Mm -hmm. expensive hobby. I just wanted to, you know, have a good camera to document vacation and things like that. And... Short, long story short, I was working for a golf company, writing articles and websites, had an opportunity to interview. I heard that they were looking for a photographer at the Phoenix Open, went in for the interview. Guys even asked me, he's like, all right, let's see your portfolio. I'm like, I don't have one. Uh, How about the tournament? How often have you been here? Never been here. He's like, you've never been to the tournament. You don't have any photos of golf in your portfolio. Why should I hire you? Yeah. I'm like, but I know golf. I know the game inside and out. Just ask me any question about the whole past winners. And, and luckily, it was the trivia that, but it was also like right place, right time. Um, there was an unfortunate event with the previous photographer. And it, again, it's just right place, wrong time situation type of thing. Okay. And so then it thrust me into professional like immediately. I was like, oh, crap, I got to be legit. Like, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go get a business license. <sighs> I got to get an LLC. And, and so I did it in reverse. Interesting. So it was kind of a neat experience. Like I was just thrust into it. So what year was your first uh, tournament? 
2010. Okay, so this isn't that far away. Yeah. So wow, seven years now. Interesting. So it's been a ton of fun, and I love the tournament. Um, I love being there, the atmosphere, the people, the crowds. I love golf as it is. Okay. Uh, so that aspect. There's also the concerts and everything that go mm-hmm. with it, which is also nice too. So it's not just a golf tournament. It's it's an entire festival type of thing that goes on. And then I need 51 weeks to recover. <laughs> now, see, I, believe it or not, I've lived here uh, in Phoenix the majority of my life, and I've never been to it. But I always go to, I always like to go to Barrett Jackson. Okay. So, <laughs> so what was your reasoning for never going? I, you know what? Believe it or not, I liked golf when I was younger, but I just, I don't care. I don't, it's not, uh, I'm not good at playing golf. I'll enjoy watching it from time to time, but it's not high on my priority list. Uh, I can, I'm, I'm content with highlights. Okay. That's the kind of guy, you know, sports. I'm a baseball fanatic. I love baseball. Uh, I like football, like basketball. Golf has never been my, my thing. And see, I was like that. I used to hate golf. Yeah. I, it would come on TV or I'd hear people talk about it. And I would groan. I would be completely sometimes rude about it. Mm-hmm. And then what finally turned me was um, after one of the baseball strikes. And I love baseball. But here I am. Some of my heroes are crying and going on strike because they don't get a million dollars a year. Right. And you know how the lowest golfer gets paid? He goes out and hustles. Yeah. Right? And same for the girls. They go out and they just hustle. Although I love golf movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Golf movies are awesome. (laughs) Tin Cup is one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's like the the sentimental ones like Bagger Vance. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great movie. Jack Lemmon narrating that thing was fantastic. Fantastic. And then, of course, you know, Caddyshack. But, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in a hole. <laughs> All right. Took into a different. Wait. Um, anyone see Wonder Woman yet? No. Not yet, but I heard it's amazing. Really? Yeah. All right. I, I, I have, uh, like I said, I'm a big geek. So I have friends who are even much bigger geeks than me that say, are saying this is one of the best superhero movies no. ever made. It's That's fantastic. It's, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Well, yeah. heads up. You might find some crazy little Scottsdale girls dressed up as Wonder Woman tonight. Some movie theater. I'm not saying where, but it may happen. Does that have something to do with your T-shirt? Possible. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Okay. Yeah. You may just have to go stock it a little then. Yeah. I was actually impressed with uh, Gal. Is it Gal, Gal Gadot? Is that her name? Gal Gadot, I think. Gal, Gal Gadot. Okay. Uh, when she was in... Uh, the Superman v. Batman movie mm-hmm. as Wonder Woman. I was actually very impressed with her performance. And did you guys see who her date was no. uh, for the premiere? No. It, it wasn't me. Lin- it was Linda Carter. Oh, no <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And she lives here, has a home here. She's from here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's pretty yeah. cool. I think, she's, I think she went to Arcadia High School. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, today we have Eric here, Eric Johnson. We actually did an event with him, and... Have you seen Wonder Woman yet? I have not seen it yet. No. I heard that it's one of the highest rated um, superhero movies ever. Kind of piggybacking on what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably and, because uh, of Gal. Probably. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. So Eric Johnson is from Social Media Profit Agency, and we did an event last night called The Art of the Lead, um, covering LinkedIn, all that great stuff, and... Um, we thought we'd uh, do a little recap, and we're doing the next one, June 19th. Same location. We'll actually be sharing that on social as well. But well, great to have you here. Um, and you have a great quote, the client getter. 
So what made you start with LinkedIn? Because I, I love all social media. LinkedIn is one of my favorites, but why just focus on LinkedIn? Uh, sure. Um, LinkedIn is my best network. Uh, last night you heard the story. I used to network for 10 to 20 hours a week, and I kept doing that over and over, and it was not working. And so I, um, I was meeting everyone who was not an ideal client. So it was the ultimate time-wasting um, activity for me, just to be honest, because I, um, you know, after you do that hours on end and you're hoping and you think something's going to happen and then it doesn't, every week you just sort of leave with, I'm demoralized. Okay, that sucked. Okay, where's my next client coming from? All this sort of stuff. And so um, I just began in social media and I had just, um, I'd been on LinkedIn for a while but never really used it to initiate conversations. And so one day out of frustration, pain, which a lot of great things come from pain, right? I decided to do an experiment and I just said, what the heck? I'm just going to send out these prospecting messages, very simple. And I offered a simple social media assessment. I said, you'll leave our call with actionable tips you can put into, you know, that you can immediately uh, get rolling with. And if you want to explore working together, we can do that too. And lo and behold, I hear the angels right now. I don't know if you hear them before I say this, but 30 minutes. Oh. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Nice job. 30 minutes of sending out messages brought in three sales calls with ideal clients over that next week. Wait, wait, did you say paying clients? I'm sorry? Paying clients? Did they turn into paying clients? Some, yes, some did. Exactly. So I repeated that process, more sales calls, more clients. But I was prospecting, um, uh, being very strategic and using LinkedIn. And so that is what brought all this about. I know a lot of the listeners, they live and die on leads. They're always looking for leads. They're always looking for new business. Uh, they're on social media. They're out at events. And I found this to be a highly effective way to build your pipeline and also just prospect so that you can start initiating those sales conversations. Now, I did see in your video, though, or the presentation last night, um, you didn't leave empty-handed, though, man. You had, like, stacks of cookies that you were chasing <laughs> after. <at> these <laughs> right. Events. Right. Yes. So I showed a picture of myself networking and... Um, uh, actually, during that time, I was probably uh, uh, probably about 40, 45 pounds more of Eric than there is now. And at this networking event, I had a chocolate chip cookie in my mouth. And so, I mean, there's kind of a debate whether I was really networking or just there for the cookies. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, that, that picture. It's so funny that the, any workshop attendees, whoever sees that picture, they just always get a kick out of it. And um, so... Because well, I, I, my first experience of networking, and now I love it, but my first experience of it, I hated it. Mm. And because it was for two reasons. One was the lady walking around the room with her card, just shoving it in your face like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Give me a call. Bye. Who is that? Like, that was just like a blur of a person. Yeah. And then as I sit down and actually try to talk to people and, and learn, because I'm naturally an extrovert, but what it's funny I am more comfortable with public speaking than I am with one-to-one conversation. Mm -hmm. So it was really uncomfortable for me to just walk up to a stranger and just say hi. And then as I did that, or I, someone tried to lead me to another group, it was people are just there for the food. Like people just came in for a free meal. Do you think it's nerves? For me, it was. Like, well, I, I'm talking about the woman giving out the cards too, and possibly people just overeating. No, because I ran into her years later, so she will remain unknown, and her behavior is exactly the same. Hmm. Mm. Um, so that's just her style. Her style is to spread a stack of business cards around a room and 
kind of like a shotgun marketing approach. I'm just yeah. going to blast the room with a card, and maybe one of them is going to come mm-hmm. back. Was she still in business? As far as I know. Maybe it's working for her. Yeah. yeah. And let's be clear, that is not how you build a business. No. At all. You start conversations. You're very intentional about it. And she's actually being a superhero while she's networking. She's the Flash. <laughs> so Kishana yeah. shows up, she blows up, and she blows out. Yeah. That is her method, right? And maybe it works for her, no judgment. But I imagine um, that is not a business that is scaling. That is not a business that is growing. If she made 40000 last year, I would bet money that's what she's made this year. That's what she's on track to make. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the with the lead is – you can go out and shotgun and just go get whatever leads you want. But you have to nurture those. You have to take care of them, yes. right? You're, you're planting a garden. You're, you're reaping mm-hmm. what you sow. And so why keep regrowing the garden every single time? Um, there's a guest that we had on the show, um, Tish Times. She wrote a book called Networking is Not a One-Night Stand and actually covers that, which was really interesting. If you have a chance, make sure you see the book or, or talk to Tish because she's wonderful at realizing that not everyone you meet will be a client, but it could be leading to something or a possible friend, connection, something, and discovering that is part of the fun of it. Yeah, it absolutely is. Do you find doing that on LinkedIn as well, where you may not have a perfect contact as far as business goes, but do you ever stay in contact, maybe have partnerships or create some friendships out of it? Yes, exactly. Um, some of the people I've met, um, one became a great friend. We've been in contact for four years. Um, <clears throat> we, um, you know, have met, you know, just gone out, done things before, that sort of thing. Uh, another connection, she was a keynote speaker for an event. And so it was great because when I stepped into the doors, she said hello. She introduced me to her circle of people. And I would have not have had that opportunity um, unless I had started a conversation. So you're exactly right. What we're doing really is... Even with ideal clients, it might be that um, maybe they have something in place. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't need your services right now. Um, maybe there's something else going on. And sometimes there are those um, pieces that are collaborative where, uh, you know, you, maybe you meet up at a different networking event, continue the conversation there. But what it does is it opens up more conversations, and conversations generally open up more opportunities and adventures. What I liked in your presentation last night, too, is you're chasing it more from a qualitative standpoint. Exactly like you said. Like, I'm not going to just be the flash and spread it around and just message everyone and piss off everyone in that room. I'm going to systematically approach and go through and see, you know, who's going to be a good fit? Who can I help? But also who can help me? Who can we partner with? And looking at it from that approach is is a great aspect. I mean, some people look at networking marketing as me, 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 me. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? As opposed to going off that approach going, I can help you. Like, I can legitimately help you. And if I can't, I'm happy to say no and just refer you to someone else. So we can turn into wee, 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 wee? <laughs> wee, wee. <laughs> if you're French. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we're actually going to take a quick break here. But um, we get back. I'd love to know the answer. And maybe you can think about it. Maybe you know this one. But what's the number one struggle for most businesses? We'll be right back. When 
it comes to finding the home of your dreams with VIP experience, Sheila Gerardo is ready to move. As a qualified member of the Luxury Home Tour of Arizona, elite member of the Pro Athlete and Business Network, and your local MD Preferred Affiliate Professional, Sheila Gerardo is the Athlete and VIP Relocation Specialist in Arizona. Sheila's combined experience in real estate, real estate investment, and luxury property assures you a smooth transition to your new life. Whether you are buying or selling a home, experience is proven commitment. Sheila Gerardo, your athlete and VIP relocation specialist has to offer. Sheila Gerardo, Realty Executives Phoenix. www.sheilagerardo.com or call her at 415-578-8427. Anyone who's ever sat through a long meeting or presentation knows what it's like to experience information overload. And anyone who's ever led one of these meetings knows the challenge of holding the attention of an audience. In such an information-dense society, this is a real problem when we want our message to be heard. Frame the Message, Inc. is the solution to helping your audience capture and retain information quickly and effectively. In a process called Live Graphic Recording, Frame the Message, Inc. creates large, colorful illustrations to accompany your presentation and captures the essence of the message of your meeting or event. If you want to avoid hearing this and instead hear this, then bring Frame the Message, Inc. to your next meeting or conference. When it comes to delivering a message, you have a choice in how your audience engages. Make the right one with FrameTheMessageInc.com. That's FrameTheMessageInc.com. Are you ready for swimsuit season? Let's face it. We all have those pesky areas that are stubborn to diet and exercise. We have just the solution for you. Introducing the FDA-approved UltraShape Power for powerful fat burning. The UltraShape Power is body contouring at its best at 32% fat reduction. The strongest and most effective body contouring device on the market. Painless. No downtime. And you can see the results in as little as two weeks. Call LifeScape Premier to schedule your free consultation with Noel, their very own certified laser specialist and national trainer. Call 480-860-5500 or visit www.lifescapepremier.com to learn more. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset. The place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mindset intersect. With your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane and Brian Wood. Welcome back. So the question was, what's the number one struggle for most businesses? I'm going to guess it's cash flow. What do you think? I don't know. I think that's really going to vary per company. Mm -hmm. Because like last night, some people are going to say, well, it's leads. Like, I need more leads. I need more business. And I think we had a discussion about this, too, recently. Maybe it was offline where it was sometimes the problem isn't that you have any more leads. It's that I need to nurture the ones that I already have. Right? Like, I already, not me. I'm just saying some people have said, like, they bought a, a list of leads. Great. What would you do with it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got or those leads. business cards. Yeah. It's like a wealth of information right there, and you're not use, utilizing that. Um, well, and also once you have a client, how do you keep them? Yeah. Is that something you cover, Eric? And what is the answer? Oh, <laughs> the answer is 
We're going to share it next week, actually. Oh, so, uh, yeah, you got to come back. No, <laughs> uh, uh, my take on it is the answer is leads. Uh, leads are the source of our cash flow. Uh, leads are, you know, because of those sales conversations. Leads uh, because they sign up, they say yes to our services, and we're there to contribute our talents uh, to help them achieve the outcomes they want. That is what builds our, um, you know, our cash flow, our money, all of that. And you know, leads specifically speaks to. Um, certain people. So, uh, you know, if someone listening has a brick and mortar, they're going to think in terms of foot traffic and uh, which you can also um, use social media for foot traffic as well. And then the, you know, the art of the lead is really built most toward people who are client getters. So they're out there. They are um, solo entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, coaches of any sort, consultants, financial advisors, um, it's those type of people who, you know, you generally know because they're constantly lining up calls, they're at events, they're active on social media. And, um, you know, for me, the anytime there's a money problem in a business, um, you know, it's not about the money's not really the problem. Uh, it's a side effect of something. And so where does the money come from? It comes from the people that we serve when we close them in a sale. So as in something is missing. Something is missing, mm. yes. And so a lot of people, um, you know, you might be out there thinking uh, if you're some type of coach, consultant, uh, maybe you have your own company, you know, you may have those nights where you're stressed and you're just thinking, you have this loop playing and it's, I need to make more money, I need to make more money, I need to make more money, over and over and over and over. And no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. You need to get out there. You need to start conversations. You need to add value. You need to initiate because that's the source, that's the uh, fountain that is going to produce the results that you want. So maybe the question should be in the middle of the night, what's missing, what's missing, what's missing? <laughs> right. Yeah, because I think getting creative and actually asking those questions and partnering up with people and going, okay, so this is what I'm doing. What do you think is missing? Because sometimes it's even something you can't even understand or see because mm -hmm. you've never tried something else. Exactly. So it's kind of a fun thing to have. Like, what's missing? Yes. And sometimes you have, um, maybe you have the solution in your business, but maybe there's a piece that is missing. Maybe there's a perspective. Maybe there's a, you know, a different strategy to tack onto it. What's missing is one of the most powerful questions business owners can ask themselves. Even when we think in terms of the workshop, uh, you know, we can think of uh, who attended and what was who was missing from that. Um, we actually did a little recap last night. Yeah, I, we I did. thought it was fascinating. I love I that think, we did that actually. Yeah, it, and we talked about what was you know not there and what was there, and you know how to increase it. And right. we came up with the idea of a scoreboard, which I was in love with. Mm -hmm. And it just makes it into um, a definitely like it's interesting at that point. It's not like we did something wrong, but it's almost like okay. What happens next? Yes. Well, and it's taken from that standpoint. It's not always a wrong thing. It's just, okay, cool. Well, what can we improve on? What can we do better? It's not always a negative. We don't always have to focus on, oh, we screwed up on this. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, cool. We'll just, we'll just do this better next time. Well, it's that mm -hmm. failure. Like, it needs to you – know, sometimes you have to fail. I mean, if you're not failing, you're not playing big enough. It's almost like playing with a three-year-old basketball. Who's going to win? <laughs> well, who's the most famous failure of all time? Thomas Edison, right? What did he fail? Like a thousand times or something and then finally – the light bulb turns on. So there you go. Like you'll right. never Literally. learn unless you make yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but there again, it still comes back to, and, and maybe I'm hyper-focusing on this, it's the quality, right? When you, you're going to do the same amount of marketing effort to attract 10 clients at $100, 
than you are to get one client at $1,000. And this is something like when I mentor and coach other photographers, we always ask that, like, if I need to make $1,000 this month, I've got several different ways to do it. I can get 10 clients for 100, four for 250, two for 500, or one $1,000 client. Same amount of work, right? And if I have one client or two clients, I can devote more attention to them. I can pay better attention to them. I can be more genuine to them. Not that I can't be genuine to 10 people. It just takes that much more work mm-hmm. to remember the names and the family members and the pets' names mm-hmm. and everything else going on with 10 people mm-hmm. versus if I do that for one to three people. And, and it's the same amount of effort. Quality is one of my favorites because I think it's also something that a lot of people forget to get the professional, like your industry. Anyone can take a picture, but to have the experience you have behind it is also something that's going to help people with time. And that's the other piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Like if you're not having the quality, you're not having the time because you're putting in extra hours to create something that someone else can do probably when you look at it and look at the numbers and the time, save you money. Absolutely. Since Ed mentioned this, I just want to see, you know, because we're always talking about quality and things like this. And it's Jack Lemon mentioned this. And I need the Glenn Gary leads. <laughs> there you go. Right? There so you go. in the movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn oh, Ross, Ross, for those of you, I'm dating myself. This is back to like 1992. All-star cast, by the way. Very good cast there. It's a phenomenal movie. Second place gets a set of steak knives. And they're fighting. It's this real estate company. And it's these guys working in almost like a sweatshop type of environment. And they're trying to sell real estate properties or things like this. And they're all complaining, saying, well, I can't get the sales because I don't have the good leads. I need the Glen Gary leads. These are the golden ticket leads. <laughs> These are the people that are ready to buy right now. No, they're not. They're yeah. not that much better of a lead. It's how you treat what you have. Yeah. Delivery. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's how you're looking at it, too. Like, if you're looking at it as a bad lead, it will be a bad lead. Well, and that was an example from last night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's and I've run into that in every scenario, in every networking event is... When you kind of walk in saying it's not going to work, then guess what? It's not going to work, right? So when you don't have that fresh perspective of, okay, can I just tweak my little efforts of what I'm doing now and then make it work, right? So again, that focus of nothing's necessarily all wrong. I just need to tweak it a little bit. And if I can tweak it a little bit, then I can totally improve upon it. Maybe the idea is to have the ideal client or lead, so to speak. But I think it's also because you're thinking of your business. And if you have a niche, can it can that be something you work on LinkedIn? Like, can you find the ideal lead versus just leads? Yeah, what's great about it is you can right now today, if you want to, you can get on. You can search your second. You can search your first and your second connections and you're able to search them by job title. So if you know you work with business coaches, you can search for business coaches and then beyond that, if you there's a filter uh, within search. So if you want to search within a certain industry for any search that you do, any job title, you can search within different industries as well. So essentially, you can. There's multiple ways to find the ideal clients that you're looking for. So you mentioned your contacts. So that whole like magic number of 500. Is it really important to get over that, or is it okay to still have some prospects within that under number? Uh, any number amount of connections you have, you can look through and prospect your current connections. But I'm always a huge advocate of you're always building your pipeline of ideal connections on LinkedIn. And so uh, a lot of my private clients, what we do within their services, if they take the private client route, is we add, we send out a certain number of connection requests to their ideal clients every month because we always want to be filling that pipeline so they can generate conversations with new people. 
And what's the benefit of coming to the Art of the Lead? Because that was definitely something that I learned a couple of tips. I think we both did. We were, wait, I didn't know Lion. that. Yeah. And don't tell them. They'll have to come to the, sh- yeah. They, yeah. It can mean nothing to you right now, but, but Lion wait, is more. the word. Yeah. Um, but what are the benefits of coming to Art of the Lead? Because um, I thought I was well aware of some of the things on LinkedIn, but, mm-hmm. um, and actually I met some people too, but what other benefits do you have that actually um, shows up for people? Sure. There's a lot of benefits. Uh, it could be the, someone who has a profile and you're not sure what to do with it. Uh, you maybe you're a business coach. You do not know how to find ideal clients on LinkedIn. Um, if you find them, maybe you're not sure what kind what kind of message you should send. Um, and so, really, it's a uh, you know there's twofold. Is we always want to be building the pipeline, and we always want to be sending prospecting messages to initiate sales conversations or in-person meetings. So the benefits are. After they walk out of the workshop, they've seen how it works with identifying your ideal client on LinkedIn. You know, find them, identify them, reach out to them. What do you say when you reach out to them? And then at that point, uh, I share a very simple method for prospecting. And uh, it's a simple way to get conversations going. So the benefits, if anyone is feeling lost, I don't know what to do next. I want to prospect on LinkedIn. I don't know how. I don't know how to find my ideal clients there. They will walk out knowing those pieces of the puzzle. And see, I like the way that you presented it, too, because it's clear, concise, actionable items. You know, so a lot of times people get too intimidated by going through these different workshops thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have all this work. I'm going to have more work to do this than to do something else. No, just like you said in your intro, like in 30 minutes of work and sending out some notes, three active clients that came back. Right, and some people there again, like you're gonna have the person that focuses on the negative and says, "Oh, well, that's too much to get three. You know what? I or same thing. Like when people have to pay for a lead or pay for a warm referral. Oh my gosh, it cost me fifteen dollars to get that. But what did they buy in return? They bought a two hundred fifty dollar widget. Right? I will happily spend fifteen dollars every single time if I make two hundred fifty dollars back. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I will happily go to Vegas and spend $5 on the craps table if I get $50 back every single time. But the house always wins. In this example, the house doesn't win. Like, so who cares if it costs you $8, $2, $10, $15, $100 a lead? You're getting it back. Well, and track the system. I mean, there's definitely um, a way of overspending on those leads. So it's knowing, you know, where your limits are and knowing what the profit margin is before you get too crazy into it. Um, knowing your ideal client is something that I think a lot of people don't even get to, or it could change in time. Is that something you go, like you, you coach people through as well? Like if they come to you and like, I think everyone's my client, you know? Sure. Um, that's actually, that's a bit out of my realm, but whenever I'm on a, on the phone with someone, I always say, I'm not a business coach, but let me tell you what a business coach is going to tell you. Uh, if they're, if they're the type of person who's looking for everyone, um, I would, my take on it is it's a hot mess if you're looking for everyone. Um, when you know exactly who you're looking for when you're dialed in, I think that's a much easier, quicker path. The other thing is when you work with everyone, when you have, well, when you have like some kind of before and after, um, like I work with client getters. So when I talk to client getters, the client getter says, have you worked with other client getters? Yes, I have. What kind of results have those other client getters got? Well, my client getters have gotten these results. But if it was everyone, I I don't think I'd be able to have that kind of conversation. So um, uh, 
that's that's always what comes to mind for me is you know actually let me skip to something a lot of people i think they're afraid to pick a niche because they're going to feel like oh but i'll feel trapped i'm pigeonholed uh, blah 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 but yet in our lives we pay for um specialty or specialization so um you know i would rather have a uh, a dentist work on my teeth than a you know a plumber or a, you know what i mean a we scary pay there. we pay for specialization sure and I, so i got in trouble for saying this it got construed when i posted this on facebook one day uh oh but the quote that i posted says a man who chases many rabbits catches none mhm it got taken out of context i got in a little trouble for that how um, could that be taken? Hashtag true confessions. Well, they, yeah. They, so the the trouble that I got into is they thought I was talking about like from the dating aspect. Oh. I was talking about professionally because that's when I was reading the quote. It and can I was happen trying to in dating as well. It can. <laughs> so it does apply to everything. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Yeah. And it's exactly that with the, with the niche markets is, and I always look it's at this. It's a lack of focus. Again, like even from my own business or when I talk to other photographers, we all want to do a little bit of everything. I mean, really taking a picture of a baby is very different than you when you take a picture of a wedding. But in the end, a lot of people don't recognize the difference. They're just thinking, well, you're just pressing a button on a camera. Mm. Right, but when you niche down, it's the same thing as like restaurants. And I always equate everything to food. You can go to the Cheesecake Factory and take anybody there. They have a phenomenal menu. 1,500,000 pages worth of items <laughs> that you can choose from. If you take someone there, there's no reason why they cannot find anything on the menu, right? They have something for everybody there. But is that the first place you think of when you're like, I want some kick butt pizza? Mm. No, you do not think of that place. Uh, it's like Denny's. Like Denny's makes a little bit of everything on the menu. But is that the first place you think of when you want like a good bowl of spaghetti? No. When you want a great burger, what do you think of? You think of places like In-N-Out, right? And even if you don't love In-N-Out, but look at their menu. They have burgers, fries, and shakes. That's it. And whether you like it or not, people love it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do really well. And they don't mess around with tacos. They don't put burritos or wraps mm-hmm. or anything. They make burgers. And that's it. That's what we make. That's what we do. You want tacos? Go across the street. But there is lines out the door every single day at that mm-hmm. place. And so there's a niche for everyone or niche. We, we, I think we have to res- research how that's actually pronounced. Niche. 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 Oh, like niche. But that's the logic, too, is... People are afraid of, oh, well, I need more clients. I need more. I need more. I need more. Again, just go with the quality that you have. Take care of the three or four leads that you have, and they will come back twofold, tr- threefold, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Well, and it might also be like time to revamp. I mean, if you're looking for more clients, maybe you know your price is too low. Maybe there's not enough value going out. So maybe that's another conversation to have. Um, and mastering, you know, I think takes time. So it's it's definitely having those focused hours on something so you can say, I am now a master of this versus having too many things to do and you master nothing. Probably that rabbit story. I want to point yeah, something out, guys. <laughs> WD-40. <laughs> there was 39 of them before. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little tidbit there. Well, and wasn't it actually made and invented for something else first? <clears throat> completely different, yeah. Yeah, it, it, completely it, it, different yeah. usage, right? Yep. And so all of a sudden it was like, hey, by the way, I can use it for this. A water-dissolving lubricant. That's okay. Who would have thought about it? <laughs> and there's all kind of weird adaptations for things like that. Like, I developed this thing to fix a, something else. But it kind of goes along with your point of what you've been saying about leads is, and I hope you don't mind me interjecting on Please this. Please do. 
is you don't know what lead you have until you contact them. There's been so many times in my life where, uh, like an idiot, I'll look at something, oh, yeah, well, that isn't going to do anything. But, you know, something persists because I like to follow through. And it's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I see the potential of this before? And the lead pans out and I make money. Mm-hmm. I've even had leads come through my door and they're like, they're looking for a specific photographer or some sort of photography. And you know what? That's, that's really not my specialty. It's, it's something I can do. Again, I can click a button on a camera and take that picture, but it's not going to serve you the best justice. So let me go ahead and refer you over to another photographer. And that in turn almost tells the customer like, oh, wow, I really like this guy even more because he's willing to just say no and say I'm not the right fit. So you know what? I'm going to think of him again. And I've had clients actually flat out tell me this is I'm coming to you again because at least I know you're not going to BS me. At least I know you're not just going to steal my money, tell me to do it, and then we're going to get poor results. And now in some circles I've been known as I know a guy. So I have have some of those prospects and leads that actually still call me and say, hey, I'm looking for a plumber. Do you know a guy? Yeah, absolutely. I do. And then it's funny because I have some clients who have never actually been one of my clients until I finally realized, you know what? They've referred me to 15 other people. So I've actually gotten that person on the phone going, you're getting a free session. Come on in. That's cool. Well, I can't afford you. I don't care. At this point, you've given me Mm -hmm. five, 10, 15 other people. I'm doing it. Right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like the finder's fee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. There's definitely um, powerful things that open up because what you're you know, communicating to them is, I care. Even if you don't hire me, I care. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to put you in the best possible hands I can place you in. And you know, you're know, you actually uh, respecting them enough to say, I'm not the right fit for you, but you know, I'm going to take this extra mile to connect you with someone who is, which is very powerful. Bob Berg is a speaker that's done several books, and he's one of his most famous books about it and kind of this workshop and philosophy that goes around his go-givers and that's the thing is how can i help you first right let's let's just worry about that and rockefeller was big on that so bob didn't reinvent the wheel in rockefeller's book that was his big thing and merging and buying some of these other steel yards and train companies as he was doing it people are like well you know i've spent my whole life building this business and rockefeller would say that's cool we'll leave your name on the door it doesn't need to say rockefeller railroad i don't care let's build a business, right? So when you set the ego aside, mm-hmm. that actually helped the other person with the merger going, oh, cool. I actually kind of get to keep my business, even though it was under Rockefeller's umbrella. So he was a much smarter man about that of, how can I help you first? I don't I Put your name first. That's fine, right? Well, and during um, the Art of the Lead, you're also going to be taking photos, correct? Absolutely. Um, and, and that's part of it, too. And that's something that, Eric, that I love that you talked about, too, is it's it's everything that goes into your profile is what attracts and also helps a person understand who you are. Right. Exactly. So that one little headline snippet. Yes. And you, and you showed this great formula of how to create a headline snippet. And, you know, so the people, when they come to the next workshop, be prepared for that. You're going to have a piece of paper. You're going to have a pen. And Eric's going to walk you through how to create, like, the perfect headline with this little formula. And it's at the end, you're like, duh. That was simple. <laughs> it took two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And took you can actually bring your laptop and actually do the work on the spot. We had a couple of people doing that, which was perfect. I mean, it just sent me a message in between two, which was funny. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, one of the, um, I would say it's, uh, I don't, I guess it's a complaint or a uh, thing that people worry about, you know, within the uh, workshop or if they get into the program is I advocate for a professional headshot. 
and I go through all the you know descriptions of what that means. And some people may say, "Ah, oh, I don't know anyone, or the cost, or blah blah blah." And so, what's great is we're it's it's this thing of sorry, can't use that as an excuse. You know, we solved your problem before you realized you had it. We know a guy, and he's in the building with us, so you can take care of them. And something I didn't tell you at the workshop last night that you should know: um, whenever I have when I when people are um, looking for their ideal clients, one thing I tell them to do is you want to field your ideal clients quickly. So you're going to come up with a list, and I instantly tell them if the person does not have a profile headshot, ignore them. If they have a um, maybe a makeshift headshot, you probably also want to ignore them. Why? Because they have not invested into their business enough for a headshot. Why would they hire you if they don't have this basic thing done yet? My dad used to use this analogy of look at a man's shoes. And I know my dad wasn't the one that originated that either. But look at a man's shoes, right? We can have our suits pressed. We can have our, our shirts pressed. We can wear a tie. We can take a shower. We can comb our hair. But if we can't take the simple time to just, like, brush the shoes and clean them off, I mean, can, can, can you finish the job? And some people, like, and I've had this discussion with millennials, and they think about, like, oh, it's old school way of thinking. No, it's pretty simple. Like, you need to finish the job. It doesn't matter if you're what generation you're from, X, Y, Z, millennial, or whatever. you got to finish the job. So if you can't just do that one little extra polish, right? If you can't take the extra second or in less than two minutes, create a nice headline for your LinkedIn profile. If you can't spend just a little bit of money, like I'm not the most expensive in town. I'm not the cheapest in town. But again, that is your profile. That's the first thing people see. And in this day and age, it used to be where you had an elevator pitch. So the whole thing of the elevator pitch was that you had 30 seconds with a person in an elevator. You don't have 30 seconds anymore. Exactly. In this day and age, it's eight seconds or less. That's what you get to make a first impression. Yes. Because everyone, like on your website, if your website can't load its homepage in eight seconds, bye-bye. They're gone. They've bye lost bye. interest. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my grandfather used to say, never trust a man that wears suspenders and a belt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that that has anything to do with anything, but. Yeah, I'm glad I took mine off before I came in today. <laughs> I don't have either right now. Shoot. <laughs> you know, one thing I'll jump back to um, as you were speaking is, you know, a phrase comes to mind. It's um, all action is not created equal. Mm-hmm. And so with this, you know, as business owners, actually all of us, we're in charge of our lives. We're leading our lives. We're responsible for our lives. And so we're, you know, we're constantly looking at, you know, what's the return on investment, whether it's our health or people we're working with those types of things and so i think for everyone listening you know this week um take some time to examine what is the return on the investment of what i'm doing in my business for myself for my family ultimately with what i like about this workshop and the program is um it's not really about linkedin at all linkedin is just a a way an outlet to get to the leads ultimately i want people in that program in the workshop building the life that they want and the business they're building is supporting the life that they want to create. And it could be that, Eric, I want more clients. Okay, why? I want to pay for all of my kids to go to college. I want to have an incredible retirement, those types of things. So I I really like it when we start the conversations of connecting everything we're doing to what we want to create. I think we had a similar conversation too, and maybe it was offline. It was 
it's okay to be a five-year-old with your business and ask why, right? Because then you really get down to the, the meat and potatoes of what do I need to fix? Like, I, I'm guilty of it too. Like, I'm a, what they call a micro business, right? It's, it's a one-man show. I've got my two dogs to help me out. And they're not always that helpful. So then I have to sit there and think, like, why, am I, why do I have to do all this? I have to do bookkeeping. I have to market. I have to network. I have to do the production. I have to do all this stuff. And at the end, it's like, why? Why am I doing it? Because I want a better life. Because I want to enjoy some time off. Because I want to go on vacation. Because I hate the corporate world. Not that I hate the corporate world. I just I had my fill of working there for 20 years. It, it served a phenomenal purpose. Me working in a cubicle, though, is not a good thing. So going out on my own, why, 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 why? And then at the end, you're like, okay, it really just simplifies things for you at the end. Because you're like, I, do I really need to concentrate on this other little thing right now? No. What I really need to concentrate on is the contact list that I have, the leads that I already have. Let me just nurture those. Let me just take care of those and go from there. And, and the other stuff, it'll come along. Because I'm, I'm so guilty. I'm a, maybe it's the Virgo trade in me or something is... I have this Vince Lombardi quote that I have always tried to live by of perfect practice makes perfect. Well, the problem with that is imperfect action is better than no action, right? Mm, and so I try right. to sit there to make everything mm-hmm. perfect, and then I fail to launch. I don't mm-hmm. go because something is off. Something's not perfect. Procrastination hits. I don't know if it's procrastination. It's I'm so fearful that I need to put the best impression in front of everyone because that's how I was raised by my parents is, Again, make that good first impression. Mm. And then I fail on it because like, like my website, when I was redesigning, I'm like, I don't have the perfect picture to go with it. So I'm not going to launch it. Well, that's just stupid because now I'm sitting on my old website and I'm just complaining about it. Let's just get it going. Let me just publish it, get it going. Because at the end of the day, it needs to be there, right? And so when you're working with people like the people in the workshop, and that was a discussion too of, you know, well, what do you really want from this? What do you want from this workshop? What do you expect from it to happen? cool, then let's, then let's just answer that. Let's work on that. It's mm-hmm. a great question to continue with is what are you expecting out of life mm-hmm. and fit world into that? So if you're expecting a million dollars, you better act towards that. Yeah. Um, so the next Art of the Lead is June 19th, 6.30 to 8.30. Um, some networking, some great information. Bring your laptops, bring your questions. Um, it's, well, actually it's being hosted at... Um, photo fusion studio in phoenix and uh, we'll be sharing some more information as well as this clip on there and uh, we look forward to having a lot more people this time because i think the information is so vital and i think it saves so much time and people don't even understand that like there's just such a wealth of information out there and if used properly we can really not only like enjoy life but have extra time that we can actually do some stuff that we haven't even thought of doing yet absolutely mm. so thank you um everyone for being here thank you to my new co-host thank you eric for being uh, gracious enough to come out here and uh gosh we'll see you on the 19th so long everyone Bye. goodbye too busy to cook don't want a grocery shop <gasps> take back your life let witnessing nature and food provide you and your family with eco-conscious, organic, tasty, nutritious meals. Headed by internationally trained chef Jennifer Johnson, you will enjoy the healthful food your body craves. Choose from meal prep, meal plans, catering, or cooking class services. Just go to witnessingnature.net. Witnessingnature.net. It's what's in the food that matters. Eat organic. Witnessing nature in everything.